Welcome to the Rooted Tomorrow podcast. I am your host, Tini. And I am your host, Jafon. Quick shout out to everybody who has been listening, tuning in, commenting, sending us messages and feedback. We very much appreciate it. That we do. Thank you all for listening and all of the above that Tini just said. Thank you. As usual, this podcast is a resource for parents to have conversations, gain new perspectives, and encourage you as you continue down the journey of parenthood. I will say that this has been encouraging for me to walk down this path of parenthood. It's nice to just have somebody to to talk talk with all this stuff, you know? Talk about all this stuff with. I think that's how I, I say Always it. here for you, bro. Thanks, Teeny. What is our uh, focus or so, question? So the lead into today's episode is a question for you, Jay. And I want you to think long and hard about this. Growing up, were there any instances that you can think of where like, you knew you had a boundary or you knew something was uncomfortable to you, but mom or our grandparents or like grandpa like pushed you outside of that comfort zone? And was it a positive or a negative experience? Can I give two, one positive, one not as positive? All right. So I think um, grandma did a really good job once I was able to start playing sports in like fourth grade, which a quick side note, uh, it was our fourth grade. I say R because Teeny and I had the same fourth grade teacher, though we were six years apart. It was Miss Jensen who actually gave grandma money for me to play sports. And that was like massive because we didn't have a lot, you know. And so I think grandma put me in a lot of places and opportunities to like move towards playing more sports, which I loved. And I met so many people. Uh, doing that. So I, I feel that that was, that was good having that initial push. And that push gradually wore off once grandma passed and grandpa got older, because that wasn't really there when I got into high school. But on the opposite side of the spectrum, I feel that I was actually just thinking about this. So baby J, 15 months, and I was just thinking about like, who's going to watch him as he gets older, you know? And this there was a really interesting lady at the church that we went to and i don't know why i thought about this today but i think she was my prime one of my primary teachers or something and i remember this lady would like just whisper the weirdest <laughs> things to me yeah like really like weird and i think one time she like kissed me on my head and i like felt so uncomfortable and i think i was like maybe ollie's age so like 7 or 8 and i don't think that like that's that's all she did she didn't fortunately that was that was it but there were like no boundary that was enforced of like grandma or mom saying like if somebody does this like you need to come and tell us like I didn't know that till later yeah that's really weird and I kind of wish you would remember her name so I could like reference it I'll remember it she lived a street up from us like anyways I won't say anybody's names but like a street or two up from us. Hmm. That I is really remember, weird. But yeah, she was an interesting lady. That So that boundary was definitely okay. not there. Well, I can think of like a couple different ones. For me specifically, I was very, very shy as a little kid. And I remember I really wanted to do gymnastics really bad. And so my dad signed me and my sister, me and our sister up for gymnastics. But 
when Elise decided she was done with gymnastics, I took that as like my out. And I was like, yes, okay, I don't have to do it anymore because I hated going and like performing and being up on the beam and have the whole class watching me. I was so embarrassed by that. But that's one of those instances where I wish my parents would have pushed and encouraged me more because I eventually got out of gymnastics and did dance and cheerleading, which ultimately like gymnastics was like my stepping stone for that. However, I do think that I would have been very successful and very, um, I feel like I would have been pretty good if I would have been consistent and continually went to gymnastics. So that's one of those instances where I wish my parents would have pushed back on me more and said like, no, just because Elise isn't doing gymnastics, I think you should still continue and do your own thing. And I Mm -hmm. wish they would have done that more. Same thing with dance. Like dance I, I did for a few years. And then, you know, when we were done, it was done. And I wish they would have continually pushed and pushed and pushed and put me into those things when that was a very big interest of mine. Um, It wasn't until I was a little bit older that like tumbling and stuff kind of came into my life. And then I did pursue that more, but yeah, that's one of those instances that I wish they would have pushed me more and they didn't. Um, and then I-, I think we had a lot of that growing up. Like we were kind of, for those of you out there listening who don't know our story just yet, it's like we could almost do, <laughs> we got to an age where we could do whatever we, we really wanted yeah, to do. There was no, uh, and if we didn't have that yeah. internal drive, then it's like, just well, and I think it. like money was also a huge factor back then too. Like my dad did a lot of trade work with my dance instructor. So like he would paint and help with like the setup and the theater, the theatrics of our recitals. Like he would paint all of that for in exchange mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. my dance tuition. Yeah, so then I think once huge. like my dance teacher didn't need that anymore, it was like, okay, well, I guess we're done with that. <laughs> But, and then another one, like body autonomy was like, I remember, I mean, I was like, my family was very much like, oh, we're going to give you a kiss no matter what, like goodbye, even if you didn't want it. And I know we'll touch on that a little bit later in the episode, but that was a big thing is is like, hug everyone, say goodbye to everyone, even if you didn't want to, like, I need you to hug them. And I hated that. I hated that. Because, again, I was a pretty shy little girl. Like, I just didn't want to, like, I wasn't very big at, like, hugging. And I always had to. <laughs> I'll remember that next well, time Well, now I'm different. You. Like, now I do. I'm a hugger. So maybe that did help. But I, like, I just remember being young and being so shy <laughs> and not wanting to, like, hug everybody goodbye. And I wish that would have been more respected. Well, this episode, I want to go on and kind of discuss, like, when... When do you know to encourage your kid in certain aspects to where they are having a positive experience versus a negative one and resenting? So like example with the, like the, my gymnastics thing, like Ollie, my son, Ollie is very cautious and very shy as well. So it's like, when do I push him or encourage him to try a new sport or to try a new thing or to go down a new water slide versus like, when is that? Where's that line of like encouraging or making them resent right. new activities? And respecting respecting their boundaries yeah. that they have as like as humans. As as little humans. Yeah. yeah. Like what's your opinion on that? Like when like what will you do with baby Jay? Like what if you are like, Jay, I want you to do baseball and baby Jay is like so nervous to do it. What 
point do you accept that? And you're like, okay, he doesn't want to do it. But like, I also know as parents, like you're supposed to also encourage and kind of help push them outside of their comfort zone to an extent to where they're going to try new things. Right. Yeah. I think that like um, giving them an opportunity to experience new things with a proper amount of support behind it is, is absolutely crucial and not to let them feel like, oh, I can just get out of anything that I don't want to do, but also simultaneously like respecting. There's some kids who I remember playing baseball with who did not, they did not want to be there. And they're literally sitting in the outfield, like picking grass, you know, like (laughs) they're nowhere engaged. But I think with baby Jay, I'm going to try to do kind of what you all have done. And that's just support him and if he doesn't feel comfortable, maybe take him to the park and practice there. If it's sports, if it's something else like, you know, computers or coding and things like that, try to be genuinely interested in what he's interested in while also giving him opportunities to step outside of that box. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think with Ollie, a lot of it, like in the beginning, because there was a point where Ollie was like, he was done and he was like over baseball. And it was when he was really young. And I think a lot of it was that he was more. Like, he felt like he didn't know what he was doing, and so that discouraged him a lot. And so that's exactly what we did is, like, we took him to the park and, like, Landon made sure that he was helping teach him, like, the proper way to catch a ball, the proper way to hit the ball. And we made sure that he felt comfortable going into the next season, and that helped. But even, like, just as simple as, like, the water slides that we just – we went to um, our water park here, and Oliver was – like adamant that he was not going to go on these water slides because he was like, they're scary. I'm terrified of them. And I sort of made him go on them. And I was like, I will go with you. It's going to be fine. And he ended up going on them and he loved them. So it's like at that point, I think pushing and encouraging him to pursue it and to be better in baseball and water parks, I think helped him and benefited him. What about Jack? He has zero fear. (laughs) yeah like he so yeah and some kids are just so different yeah Yeah. like baseball jack like we're putting him in not t-ball this year and he's four like he's going into coach pitch because he is just like he's very confident yeah it's very different like they're just different (laughs) it's so weird and then he has no fear when it comes to rides and stuff he's down for whatever even swimming what what do you think um what you said with like having kids give people like a hug I understand that but one thing that grandpa always did to me and I was super shy I mean I'm not as shy but I was shy uh when anybody would talk to me he would always say well say hello you know and I would try to hide behind him and he's like don't be shy just say hi you know and I really try to do that with baby Jay to have him like acknowledge people it doesn't mean you have to go up and shake their hands or give them a hug especially strangers but to like try to acknowledge every person that you pass. Yeah. I mean, I think that's also good because it shows like you're teaching them. Like, I think that's like a form of respect. Right. Or like looking them in the eye. Like I remember grandpa used to tell me, like, look at them in the eye when they're talking to you. Cause like, I didn't like that. And so it's like, you have to make sure you're <laughs> making eye contact with them and having a conversation with them. And I think that is like a form of just like respect and just a normal trait that they should probably learn or like even shaking hands but yeah I, th- I mean hugging everyone like that I've noticed a big shift 
in that. Like, I feel like our parents' generation was like almost not like a people pleaser generation, but they were very much like, give them a hug, give them a kiss goodbye. Like, oh, even if grandpa like wanted to give you a hug and you just like were not in a hugging mood, mom would still be like, give him a hug, go give your grandpa a hug goodbye. Mm-hmm. And I feel like our generation is shifting from that and not like forcing your kid to give that type of affection, regardless of if it's your grandparent, brother, sister, whoever. It's more of like respecting them and having them understand like a different, like a level of consent, right? Yeah. Like you yeah. need to consent to that hug. You need, they need to consent to that hug. If, And that's something like I'm teaching Jack right now. Ollie's not a very like overly affectionate kid with like strangers but jack like he always wants to hug and like be sweet and so we have to teach him like no like ollie even just like with oliver like oliver doesn't want to hug right now jack like you need to wait wait (laughs) until he's okay with that and then we can move on and that's like a really hard part too is like consent like how do you teach a four-year-old consent but it's possible it's just well and also like what i said in the beginning is to also make sure that if somebody does cross the line with them, that they feel safe and comfortable in addressing that with you or with somebody else. Or even with them. Like I would be so proud of my kid if a random lady was whispering weird things in their ear and them being like, can you not do that? Yeah. Like I wanted to give them that voice. I, I had no idea. I mean, it wasn't like, let me just set the record straight. It wasn't like crazy, like inappropriate things, but it was, it was like awkward. So awkward that I remember it like 30 some years later, you know, but it's like just to really create, create that space where kids can share, where they know their boundaries. And if somebody steps over those boundaries, then they address it with that person. But as we know, most adults will not take anything that kids say serious. So also take, expressing that with their their parents or somebody else who this is what so-and-so did because yeah that's important yeah I agree and being able just like to voice it for themselves I think is super important to teach kids because I know that like we never like I never would have been like mom this lady is being weird yeah and I wouldn't have ever told grandma either you know like I just It's so weird to think of just like circumstances like that. So on the opposite spectrum, I'm going to say, what do you do as a parent when people are not respecting the boundaries that you have set for your kids? That is something that is very real in our lives right now. Uh, We we usually go walking with baby Jay um, prior to, as we're recording this, we're getting ready to move from Atlanta to Minnesota. But we go on a walk here like almost every morning and baby Jay will be walking and we'll see people. And one of our first walks that we went on once he was walking, Elise was carrying him and this random lady. Like we, we've never met this lady. She saw him, you know, then we did a little loop. And when she saw us again, she walked right up to baby Jay in Elise's arms and like, gra- like grabbed his face, like pinched his face. And we like, who is this lady? And me and Elise looked at each other so uncomfortably. And I don't know why I didn't say like, what, what, like, hold on, what are you doing? We don't know you. It's like, I was in shock. And then like, after she walked away, I'm like, so we've seen her a few times and I'm always like, 
standing in front of baby Jane. <laughs> like you're not getting close. That, but I'm the same way. Like, I don't think I would have said anything either. And I think that. So then does from, that like, go back? I was going to say yeah. that stems yeah. from probably when we were younger and we just never like voiced our uncomfortness, uncomfortability, whatever the word is. And we just like, we're like, we just rolled with it, but yeah, I don't want so my kids weird. to do that. Like I would, I want them to be able to be like, Hey, don't touch me. I don't like yeah. that. Like, I don't know you. I don't what know you. you. Stranger danger. Another thing that's been um, with like parent boundaries is, you know, Elise and I eat, don't eat the same as everybody else eats, you know, They're like vegan. We, we eat. Well, not not fully vegan anymore. <laughs> I will admit that. But we're not eating like candy. We're not eating like processed stuff. A lot of processed stuff. We don't drink like juices unless we make them. And first at G's, our niece's graduation, um, somebody gave baby J like frosting from a cake. And I'm like, we like if we you don't see us eating that, why would you give him food? So I like saw that and grabbed him immediately. And his face was like, what? Like. He didn't like it. He was like, what is that? And then just the other day, we were at a, a community where we know some people. And um, one of our friends had him. And there was cake. And they gave him icing again. And I'm like, Elise was super upset. But yet again, I didn't like go right up to him and be like, don't do that. Right. You know, like I just took him and like I realized it was my responsibility to not put them in those situations where somebody might do that. And I should honestly just let people know, like I just said with you, if you don't see us eating it, then please don't give him that. Yeah. Which I think is, I think that would be common sense, but. Yeah. But with like the frosting incident at G's, like let's be very transparent. It was a grandparent that did that and they should have known better. But again, like the, generation above us are like, well, we did it. It was kind of goes back to like the advice, right? Like, well, we did it. You're fine. Why can't we give him sugar? Yeah. I'm trying to think of any instances that we've had like that. I'm not as like, I am not like you. I do eat processed food. You just gave Jack an airhead. I just gave my four-year-old an airhead (laughs) and they're amazing. But I am not like that where I'm like, oh, grandparents are watching you. What they say goes pretty much like you're doing me a favor. You guys can deal with that. But I mean, there has been times like, again, like this kind of goes to our new generation is like the body images and how we discuss our bodies around kids too. So for me, one boundary that I set is I let my kids like tell me when they're full. I'm not the parent that's like, except for Jack, sometimes I have to be like, have a few more bites, Jack, because he just wants to rush and play with his brother. But overall, I like them to listen to their body. So if Ollie tells me, if I make him a plate of food and at like a family function and Ollie eats as much as he says he wants to eat and he says he's full, I respect that and I say, okay, like you're done. I'm not going to force you to continue to eat. Like I'm not going to make you eat everything on your plate. He's old enough where he recognizes when his body is full and he can tell me that. And that is one of my biggest pet peeves is when I say okay, you can be done. And then a grandparent or an aunt or uncle are like, he's not done. He still has X, Y, and Z on his plate. He needs to finish that all. That bothers the crap out of me because people used to do that to me too. So you waste food is what you're telling us? 
I mean, I'll probably save it for later, put it in a to-go box, but I'm not going to force my seven, almost eight-year-old kid to stuff himself sick because other people think that he needs to finish his plate. I, uh, one time I was at, I think Alberto's house and his dad and, or mom made burritos and I thought that I was super hungry. And like, so I got like two or three and I only finished two and I had a whole burrito left and they were like, very much like, you know, finish, if you're going to get this food, then you got to eat it. Yeah. And I like felt so ashamed and I'm like trying to find a way to like maneuver to the garbage. <laughs> and then, you know how like you like fold the plate in a certain way and like, so you can kind of like bury it in the garbage so nobody sees. See, and I that's like, that. I get very it distinctly. because you don't want to waste food, but like, I also don't want them to feel that either. Like I used to do that too, or like I would chew and then I would go and like spit it out in the toilet. Like, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Then I go spit it out. Like, I would rather my kid just, like, be honest and be like, I'm done. I'm full. I don't want to eat that. And I'd be like, okay. And same thing, like, with trying new foods. Like, again, pushing boundaries is, like, Ollie used to be a very picky eater. As he's gotten older, he's starting to try new foods. And I will give that kid, like, a round of applause. He tries everything I I have him try. Like, we go to sushi. I have him try every bite of sushi. And some of it he loves and some of it he doesn't love. And I love that and I respect him for trying it and for just giving it a shot. Mm-hmm. But I like, yeah, I was really bad with food. So maybe that's why food is such like a stickler for me is I'm like, no, let him eat what he wants. and he's full, he's done. Right, right. One other thing that um, aside from like the food incident people randomly like coming up and like pinching baby Jay's cheeks, which is, or like touching his hair. I'm like, dude, we don't know you. Oh, look at his little curls. The hair thing. Like get away from us. Um, Even though it's, maybe they don't mean it maliciously, but it's just annoying. It is annoying. But another one is uh, certain TV shows. Like I'm like, and I know probably our sister would be like, he's saying that. And I put on that show. (laughs) But uh, what did Ali like, put on? I don't know. Well, somebody we were at one of our friends' house, and they're like, "Oh, he was up, and he, they they woke up early and ha- watched Baby J in the morning." Elise and I slept a little bit longer. I'm like, "Yeah." So we woke up and we had Coco Melon on, and we're like, "We don't watch that." I didn't tell them that, but I'm like, I direct them towards the shows that we do watch, You're like, which oh. is like, tr- like, have you seen Trash Truck? We love Trash Truck, and so then they switched. You're all, to Miss that. Rachel. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Miss Rachel, literally. But yeah, just random shows like, and again, I didn't really know that prior to being a parent. Because when I would be with G and Dre when they were little, our niece and nephew, I would put on, I mean, I would be mindful. I wouldn't put on like bad shows, but I wasn't like, no, we don't watch that, guys. Oh, so you wouldn't put on like Deadpool for them? No. Because that definitely happened with Ollie. When I was literally giving birth to Jack, a family member put on Deadpool for my four-year-old. Three-year-old. He was three. <laughs> I was in the hospital. I didn't know about it. The most I did was uh, let him play Grand Theft Auto. You let me play but Grand Theft Auto. I was like seven. I let them play G and Dre play, but they, could, they couldn't use any weapons and they had to drive and, and follow the traffic laws. That's not what you taught me. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're my little sister. I was picking up everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 
Okay. Well, anything else to wrap this one up, Jay? Is there anything else you want to add? So just basically the end of this is being respectful of parents' boundaries and also being mindful of your own children's boundaries and letting them help guide you in helping make them make the best decisions for them. Yes. And also having those conversations with your kids that might have to pry information if somebody out there is not respecting their boundaries, because that is also very, very real in this world. And there are a lot of creepers out there. True. So make sure to have those conversations and have your children feel comfortable to be able to share that with you. Agreed. That's a good point, Jay. Thank you. Yes. Um, as always, please follow us on Instagram and um, like, follow, subscribe on all your pod- favorite podcast streaming services. Um, if you have any questions or comments or would like to submit a story, you can always contact us at rootedtomorrow.com. And remember, what you do today creates tomorrow.